Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I'm going to Hosea, the Old Testament book of Hosea, right after Daniel. Hosea chapter 4, go there. Hosea 4, we're going to preach for just a little bit, then we're going to finish our service outside uh, with the burning of our mortgage. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Hosea chapter 4, and uh, we'll start right there. I want to talk to you this morning about two kinds of knowledge, two kinds of knowledge. You'll, you'll understand what we're talking about here in just a minute. But in uh, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, God said this. I'll read this. I think I'll just read the first part of the verse. It says, For my people, the God's people, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, Isaiah said it this way. He said, God said, My people are gone into captivity because they don't have any knowledge. So lack of knowledge will destroy you. Or it'll put you into captivity. Now, I want to talk to you about this this morning because obviously God's not talking about natural knowledge here. Are you alive today? It is so quiet in here today, I am ready to take a nap. All right, let's try this again. Obviously, God's not talking about natural knowledge because, listen, listen, we have all kinds of natural knowledge. We have more knowledge now than we've ever had. I mean, think about the things that are going on in the earth today. There are things that we, who would have ever thought that you could watch TV on your, on your watch? Whoever thought you could carry your phone in your pocket? You have to understand, we didn't think these things years ago. We, I, 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 you may think I'm old, but, but I'm, not, I'm not that old. But, I mean, man, if you'd have told me that in the 1980s, that one day you'll carry your phone with you, I think, what in the world would I want to take the thing off the wall for and carry that around? Or the 1970s. Or, you know, you go back and, and you know, the last hundred years, the things that we have seen in our world, the... the, the uh, the exponential growth of knowledge is like, are you kidding me? How much, how far we've come and the things that we can do right now. I mean, man, some of the inventions that are, that, you know, they're, they're, they're dated, but I still think they're just wonderful, like the remote control. I'm still excited about a remote. I'm glad I got a remote. Praise God. I used to be the remote when I was a kid. Dad had a remote. It was just a human remote. And, um, you know, he'd like uh, turn it over to CBS. I want to watch Gunsmoke, you know. And so we'd, we'd be the ones to do that. But you look at all the things that have uh, all the knowledge that we have and all the, the high tech, cutting edge uh, stuff that we have. And you look at that. And yet, even though we have all this knowledge, man is worse off than he's ever been. He's worse today than he's ever been. Because God's not talking about natural knowledge. You know, knowledge, I like to call it, and I think this is a good way to put it, sense knowledge. Sense knowledge is the knowledge you get from your five senses. You know, you, let's see if I can name them. Your hearing, your, your sight, your smell, your taste, your touch. Got five, right? Is that five? All right. All, just think about this. I, I did this last night. You know, I thought... What if you lost your hearing, you know, and your, your, your sight? 
And I plugged my fingers in my ears real tight and closed my eyes. And it's like the world just disappeared. That's just two of them. Yet, you know, people still function. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever, uh, you know, read anything about Helen Keller, but she was blind and deaf and the, she, she got a college degree. A college degree. I mean, and graduated with honors. So, but what would happen if you lost all five of your senses? All, you know, every one of you didn't have any of them. You couldn't learn a thing. You couldn't learn a thing. Well, so there's two types of knowledge. There's a natural knowledge, but then there's something I like to call revelation knowledge. It's the knowledge that comes from God. It's, you know, the Bible's a revelation from God to mankind. Amen. The Bible says that the scripture was given by inspiration of God. Hallelujah. In other words, it, it got, who, I, I just, I had this in one of my notes from years ago. I had about this, about the Bible is, is the Bible says it's, the, it's from the inspiration of God. I, I wrote down, who wouldn't want more of that? Who wouldn't want more inspiration from God? I mean, think about that it, from God, inspiration from God. Well, this book is inspired from God. Praise God. You can get inspiration from God from this book. Hallelujah. Amen. And so you have to understand. So, you know, that there's two types of knowledge. There's the, what you could call natural knowledge or sense knowledge. There's revelation knowledge. And God's just simply saying, my people perish for lack of my knowledge, revelation knowledge. We're not perishing because of lack of natural knowledge. If natural knowledge was going to fix the earth, man, it'd be fixed. It takes God's knowledge. It takes spiritual knowledge. Amen. That's where the true wisdom's at. Praise God. And so I want to talk to you just a little bit about that. We're not going to take a whole lot of time, but we have to, we have to, I want to put in you a hunger for God's knowledge this morning. If, if you, and, and if you, you already have it, stir it up. I mean, I'm still on a quest for the knowledge of God. I started when I was 21 years old, seeking after the knowledge of God. I'm still pursuing it. I'm still after a quest after it. I'm still reading the word of God. I'm still listening to people preach to me. That, that know the Word of God. I'm, I'm still, I'm still uh, you know, reading books that are filled with the Word of God. I'm still hungry for the Word of God. Right. Now, you know, natural knowledge is good. You need it, you know, you know, but it's not going to keep you from perishing. Only the knowledge of God is going to keep you from perishing. Right. You know, you need to know some things. Amen. Thank God for that. Uh, God gave us, you know, that natural ability to learn and so forth. But that's not, that's not what God's talking about. He, we're destroyed for lack of His knowledge. You know, thank God for the five physical senses. You know, they say if you lose one, others kick in. I guess they do. I mean, when, when I, I, I read some of the... Uh, well, we, we, I don't think I watched the movie. I think you watched the movie about Helen Keller. Um, but I read some of her accomplishments and some of the things she did. And I'm thinking, how could you do that? You know, because I mean, I just, I just put myself in her place. and I plugged my ears and closed my eyes. And it's like the world just disappeared. You know, it's just like, how would you, you know, you could still feel there's something out there. But I tell you what, even the senses that God give us, man, I'm telling you, they're powerful. They're powerful. But I'll tell you what, they are nothing compared to revelation knowledge when we get revelation from God's Word. Amen. You ever think about the fact the Bible tells us to walk by faith, not by sight? 
Now, if it tells us to walk by faith but not by sight, that must tell us there are two different kinds of knowledge. Don't walk by the knowledge of what you see, but walk by the knowledge of what you get by faith, which is revelation knowledge. Amen. And so I just want to stir you up this morning more than anything is just, you know, like Hosea said, pursue the knowledge of God. Pursue the knowledge of God. Sometimes parents will tell their kids, you'll never make it without an education. Well, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but the greatest education they need is education from the Scriptures. That's what God told Israel. He said, hey, talk about the Scriptures when you, when you sit in your house, when you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk about. In other words, all the time, He said, put them on the doorpost of your house. You know, put them on the walls. Have them everywhere. Teach your children the Word of God. Teach your children the Scriptures. Why? Because that's what's going to save their bacon. Amen. You know, a lot, of, a lot of parents get all caught up and, boy, i got to get them a natural education. Well, that's part of it, sure. You know, you're going to live in a natural world, right? But, the, but, but, but don't neglect the spiritual part. Amen. Let me tell you something, you know, about, about kids. If you don't live the Word at home and you don't preach the Word at home, you don't teach the word at home, <clears throat> then you just bring them to church and think, well, maybe the, you know, the children's church teachers or youth, they'll take care of that. You know what you tell them is like, this isn't really that important. This is just something we add on, but it's not really that important. But God's to be our life. Right. Amen? Right. Not just add to our life. He's to be our life. So when they grow up, they probably won't stay in church because they're not, they're not convinced it's really the real deal. It has to be something we live out every day. Amen. I remember one pastor I know, um, uh, this couple, their daughter, she might not have known anything, but she know that scripture, obey your parents and the Lord, that it may be well with you. That you may live long on the earth. She could quote that as a little tyke, you know. Well, see, and, and I noticed that their kids are all serving God and in the ministry because they didn't just take them to church, they lived church at home. Hallelujah. They preached at home, praise God. Well, you'll, you'll, run, you'll drive them off. Where to? Hell number two? Come on. No. Listen, God said, you know, because I've heard that argument, well, you just don't want it. You'll just drive them off. No, you, you just don't want to do that all the time. No, God only said do it when you rise up, when you walk around, when you sit down, when you lie down. God only said, do it day and night. Oh, holier than thou. Amen. I mean, we don't know more than God, right? Look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. So, kids need to see it in reality. They need to see you live it out. Amen. We need to be on a pursuit all the days of our life of knowing God. It never ends. See? Not just pursuing the natural knowledge, the natural things. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying don't get an education because you're going to have to live in this natural world. And so you might as well know as much as, as you can. Amen. Since you're going to live here, you might as well know as much as you can. You know, some of us, it's, there's a cap on it, but others got, you know, a bit, little bigger cup. But all right. <laughs> so you don't agree with that. But, but you know, there, there's some of us, you know. Uh, you know, you get your IQ tested, you think, well, praise the Lord, you know, thank God. But, you know, here's the thing, of, here's the thing about that. See, you know, I've met people who had high IQs but didn't have any common sense. They, they just couldn't master life, man. They just couldn't handle it. 
Because God's Word gives you, it teaches you how to live life and live it victorious. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in, in Matthew chapter 16, <clears throat> I want you to go with me. Verse 13, Jesus, Jesus and His disciples, and it says when Jesus, in Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some, you know, they, they say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah or you're one of the prophets. I mean, that's just all, that's just all sense knowledge right there. They're just going by what they see, what they think. And he said unto them, verse 15, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, or that means the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, what, now that right there tells us that Jesus said, Peter, you didn't get this from natural knowledge. You didn't get this from sense knowledge. You got this from revelation knowledge. My Father revealed this unto you. In other words, this came from heaven. Hallelujah. Which is, now, I mean, you know, the Bible tells us that it's the Spirit of God that's going to lead us into all the truth. Jesus said, he'll, He will reveal whatever I've, He'll bring it to you, whatever I've said unto you. So if, if we learn anything out of this book, how many know that uh, it's because the Spirit of God taught us? Amen. And, of course, He's ever ready to teach us. How many know that? It's not like he's holding back and saying, you know, I'll, I'll teach you, I won't teach you. No, he's ever ready to teach. That, he's, he's the teacher. And Jesus said he's the spirit of truth. And he'll lead and guide us into all the truth. And so we have to understand that, that we, we, you know, if, if, if we want to know the truth, uh, the spirit of God, he'll reveal it to us. But you've got to be hungry for it. If you're not hungry for it, he, listen, the Bible says that Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Remember that? God will not give revelation to people that are hungry. He just won't. You know, this isn't a masterpiece sermon today. I know that. But it, it's okay. But I've had masterpieces before. And I've shown some people get it and some people don't. I don't control that. You do. Some people will hear me and say, you're boring as could be. Some people say, man, that's the best I've ever heard. What's the difference? Well, not me. It's you. It's the people. Are you hungry? If you're not hungry, you're not getting a thing. That's what I'm saying this morning. But if you're hungry, you'll get something. It's that way every Sunday morning in every church. The hungry people get something. They leave full, they get something, you know. The Bible said a full soul, he hates a honey, he even hates a honeycomb. But, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing's sweet. So if you're hungry for God, it, you know, yeah. If you're not, you know, you think I'm the problem, but I'm not the problem. You the problem. Not me. You're either hungry or you're not hungry. But if you're hungry, God will show you things. But He won't, ca he won't cast pearls before the swine. Amen. <laughs> so I was laughing because I was thinking about what a friend of mine, I've told you this before, but I thought it was so funny. I still laugh over this. He just, I was going to a friend of mine. He was showing me his church, you know. I hadn't been in his building yet. He's showing me his church. So he opens the door for me. He says, uh, age before beauty. I said, pearl before swine. Praise God. 
But you understand, God, He gives these things. To, remember, He said to His own disciples, He said, Blessed are your, your eyes, for they see, your ears, for they hear. But to the rest, they don't get it. They're not, and they're not going to get it because I'm not going to. The Holy Ghost is not going to reveal things to anybody that's not hungry. If you don't take time to listen, He's not going to tell you. It's like a guy told me years ago. He said, I can't understand the Bible. So we got to read it. If you keep reading it, the Spirit of God will teach you. No, you're not going to, you know, and, and, and a lot of times people will start over in the book of Revelation. They want to know what the seven heads are and the ten horns and the, you know. But why don't you start with something a little bit simpler? Some of us are still trying to figure that out. All right, praise God. Now, Jesus said to him, he said, everybody look at the word. The first, the first word he said, blessed. Everybody say blessed. Revelation blesses you. And he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I saw, I saw four things that revelation knowledge will do for you, because, you know, Peter got revelation knowledge that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. He didn't, everybody else, didn't, they don't have this knowledge. They, they just say he's John the Baptist. He, he's Elijah. He's, he's one of the prophets. They don't have this knowledge, but Peter got it by the Spirit of God. He got it from heaven. And it, it so impressed Jesus, Jesus said, you're blessed. And, you know, his name was, and you may have heard this before, but, but some of you may not have. His, his name, Simon, it just means a reed. It means blown with the wind. But Jesus said, revelation will make a Peter out of you. It'll make a rock out of you, see. In other words, it'll cause you to have a stability in your life. Now, why is it as a pastor, for all these years, that I've noticed the people that consistently come to the house of God and feed on the Word of God have stable lives? And those that don't, don't. I've just noticed that. I mean, I've just, you know, I can't help but notice it because it's just right before you. You see this after all these years. Well, the reason is, is one's getting revelation knowledge and it's making a rock out of them. Amen. See, it's like Charles, Charles or excuse me, it's not Charles, not Charles Price. Dr. Fred Price said one time to his church, you know, he said, he said, now we're having service tonight. He said, but most of you won't be back because you've already determined you don't need a thing I have to say. See, they've already devalued it. It's not worth me getting out, not worth me getting my car. It's not worth me leaving my air-conditioned house to get in my air-conditioned car to drive 10 minutes to get in an air-conditioned building to get my life changed. Why is it so quiet? It's not Sunday night, and you're here. I'll tell you why they don't, because they don't value it. It's just like what he said. They don't realize what, a lot of people don't realize what they have until it's gone. But if you value it, God will give you revelation. Your life will get changed. Hallelujah. Now, you know, uh, he said, you'll be a rock. Then he said, the gates of hell won't prevail against you. Well, that's good. Then he said, I'll give to you the keys of the kingdom. So, revelation, knowledge in your life blesses you. It causes you to be a rock-solid person, 
It keeps the gates of hell prevailing against you. And it gives you what Jesus called the keys of the kingdom. What are the keys of the kingdom? Well, the keys of the kingdom, you know, that's, that's the knowledge you're going to get from God's Word. Well, you can bind and loose things in your life. Think about it. You know, he didn't say the key to the kingdom. He said keys of the kingdom, plural, plural. You know, in this, in this church, there's, there's more than one key, more than one key. There's a key that opens the um, doors, front doors, but there's keys that open the side doors. There's keys that open other doors, the offices. So... You could get in the kingdom and not get in all the rooms of the kingdom. See, you, could, you could get in the church, but you couldn't necessarily get in every room in the church if you don't have the keys. Amen. God has different rooms in the kingdom. He wants us to have the keys. What are the keys? Well, it's, it's knowledge, see. See, a lot of people come into the kingdom, they get born again, but you know, they don't ever get the key to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Or they'll never get the key to healing. Or they'll never get the key to financial blessing. They don't get these keys because they don't get the revelation of it. People will say, I, I, I tell you, we had a lady tell us this one time. She's a sweet lady. She actually support, helped our ministry. But I remember one time, she, she would always come to the meetings. You know, that's before we were pastoring, we were traveling. And I remember being at one meeting and she came, she showed up, you know. And uh, she went to the, she would always go, they were, we called it the tape table because in those days we had something called a cassette tape. It's a little square box kind of thing. And so, you know, we would sell, you know, the teaching series that we had. And she, one time she went back there and she said to Phyllis, she said, is there anything new on here that I don't have? You know, Phyllis said, well, there's a new teaching, new series on prosperity. And she goes, oh, I don't go for that stuff. Well, if you don't go for that stuff, you will not be troubled by that stuff. Right. Now, she didn't mean it like me. I mean, she, she was a supporter for our ministry. She liked everything else we taught, but she just thought the prosperity thing, she could do without that. Well, I don't know about you, but it's a little hard to do without that. People go to work every day to, to try to beat that poverty thing, right? Poverty is not a blessing. How many know that? It's like one pastor had in his office. I've been on his wall. I think it was on his, might have been on his desk. Yeah, I, I was, a plaque said, I've been poor, I've been rich. Rich is better. Now, you know, when God talks about rich, how many know what he's talking about? What's he talking about? A full supply. A full supply, see? He's not talking like, you know, we think, when, when we think about rich, we think, we think about the American definition of prosperity, you know. You know. Uh, and that's not to say that God wouldn't bless you that far. I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying what his purpose is, is that you have abundance in everything. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm still, I'm still uh, working on all that. Right? I'm still believing. And I'm still receiving. And I'm still growing. I'm still, I'm still excelling. Hallelujah. Because more revelation comes. Amen? So, uh, He'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Amen? Now, let's go to Matthew 14. We'll close right here. I want to show you something here. Matthew 14. One of the things we need to understand is the Bible tells us, did you know that, did you know that there's three parts to you? I said there's three parts to you. What are they? Spirit, soul, and body, right? Well, God wants all areas to excel, right? So, so there's three parts to you. One of the things that he's... Now, how many know, how many know this? 
<clears throat> this is really going to be deep. You have to feed your body. Even Pastor Chuck feeds his body. It doesn't look like it, but he does. He finally lost those four ounces he gained like two Thanksgivings ago, you know. But let me know, we all have to feed our, our body, right? And so why? Because our body lives off natural food. They say you are what you eat. Yep, is right. Well, think about what, think about what you're eating. Say, like, I'm a Twinkie. Have <laughs> I mean, you know God did not design Twinkies for you to, to live off of? It might be okay for a treat, but you know, I, I even, I'm not a Twinkie eater really. But anyway, I've tried the fried ones one time, and I didn't even care that much for them. But have I mean, you know God put food on the earth to what? To feed your body, right? Because your body has to have, if you don't feed your body, how many know you will eventually run out of strength? You know, sometimes people say, I'm starving to death. I've seen people, I say, you got months to go, brother. <laughs> don't worry about it. You'll be all right for a long time. So you have to understand the God, God gave, you know, he gave something, you know, for, for us to feed our bodies with. And so, all right, that renews your body. Have you ever gone, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you have gone, you know, a while without eating and you do feel weak. And uh, you eat something and it renews your strength, doesn't it? Sure. And so the Bible tells us in Colossians 3.10, a scripture we're not going to read today. I, want, I think I want to read this in Matthew. Uh, it tells us that, the, that, that we're to put on the, the new man that, that inner man, that born-again man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. In other words, your spirit man has to be fed too. What is he fed? The Bible said knowledge. Well, what kind of knowledge? I mean, just read anything. I mean, read the Reader's Digest and your, your spirit man's getting fed. No, the Reader's Digest doesn't feed your spirit man. The Reader's Digest may feed your intellect if there's anything intellectual and there besides candy, it might feed your intellect, but doesn't feed your spirit, man. Doesn't feed your body. It's God's word that feeds your, see, feeds your spirit, man. God said, man, Jesus said, man shall not live by pizza alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? Now, what is he saying there? He said, well, see, your inner man, he needs something. Did you know you can no, think about Jesus, what Jesus said? You got to think about this now. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, he's not talking about physically live. There's a lot of people live all their life and never read the Bible. Never, never heard much of the word of God. He's talking about if you're going to have a spiritual life, which is the real life, the dynamic life where you have peace, joy and victory, you're going to have to feed this inner man. Why? Because he'll get weak. He'll get weak. You know, the Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. What if you're so weak spiritually, you don't have the ability to resist? You know, that's very possible. Amen. But so we have to understand, see, this revelation knowledge, just like you got to feed the body, you got to feed your spirit, man, the word. 
or you'll be weak spiritually. You see, the reason why people come to church, of course, not this church, of course, and they're bored is because there's something wrong with them. They're spiritually sick. That's the problem. You're too caught up in natural things. Not that we don't have to do natural things. You have to do natural things. How many of y'all got kids? There's got to be more people who have kids than that because I see them running. I mean, there's like 12 of them in the nursery or whatever. How many understand you're going to be busy, right? But you have to somehow squeeze in time to feed your spirit man. Some way or another. What do you do? Well, you put the kids to bed, but they don't stand. But tie them in bed. No, I'm teasing. Our, our parents used to give us something called paragoric. Now, some of you young people, I'm surprised. Some of you old people don't even remember what paragoric was. That, that was that's how we got. That's why, that's, why all, that's why all the 60s and 70s, they were on drugs. Our parents started us out. Paragoric, some kind of opium or something. Oh, you know, really, man. I, just, I really, man, my mom used to give it to me. I'm telling you the truth. And I looked at what it was. Oh, man, no wonder we used drugs, man. We, we, started, we had it in our baby bottle. <laughs> Some of y'all got to go Google Paragoric and find out what that is. You say, y'all like, I never heard of that. You, you, well, if you, if, you, if you were old enough, you know, they, they use it for medicine. You know what I'm saying? They, like if you were teething and the kid's teething and you're crying, well, we'll shut them up, put some of this in there, though. And we're hey, man, ain't nothing about me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, yeah, man, this works. I don't know if you can buy it now. It's probably illegal now, you know. Now they just, you smoke marijuana, you know what I'm saying? So, now here in Matthew, let's close here. Did you get something today? Let me show you something here. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, it says, and this is Peter, you know, and, and this is the disciples. They're out on the water. Storm hits. They're having problems. Jesus comes walking on the water to them. This is a real familiar scripture. We've, we've read it a lot over the years, but there's a lot in here. And I want you to see some because here's, some, here's another uh, facet of this story that we see. In verse 28, Peter answered, and he said unto him, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto you on the water. And he said, come. Everybody say come. In my Bible, come is read. That means it's, it's spoken by Jesus, right? And when, how many know that anything Jesus said had power about it, had life to it, was the truth? Amen. He said, when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, let me just say this to you. <clears throat> how often have you done this? How often do you do this? Hasn't, hasn't sense knowledge taught you that when you step off the edge of the pool, you are going down? Has it worked every since you learned that? You know, little kids got to, you know, they discover that. They don't know all that, but eventually that's why you got to keep them away from the pool, you know, because they don't know how dangerous it is. They haven't developed the sense knowledge yet. But haven't that, hasn't that told you? So, so, so sense knowledge tells you don't get out of the boat, especially when there's a storm going on. But anytime, it really doesn't matter whether it's a storm or not, you're going to sink. So that's sense knowledge. But revelation knowledge supersedes sense knowledge. Do you understand? This is why people can't seem to receive healing sometimes because they, they, they operate by sense, sense knowledge. They've learned things all their life and they've just like, 
you know, they've, they've learned these things about how this operates, and they don't realize, but there's, if you get revelation knowledge, it supersedes all the natural knowledge. If God says, I'm healed, I'm healed. I may not feel like it because my senses may not have picked anything up yet. But if God says I am, now we're not denying the sickness. We're just saying the truth is, right? This is the truth. Help me know that. This is the truth. This isn't a truth. It is the truth. See, this is the truth. It all stops right here. So, amen. Now, Peter, I mean, when he steps out of that boat, what kind of knowledge is he operating on? What, what kind of knowledge? Revelation. Revelation knowledge. Sense knowledge would have said stayed in the boat. I can guarantee you, I'm not getting out in the middle of the Ohio River and stepping out and say, let's just see if this works. Now, you've got to have a word, man. You've got to have a word from God, right? And there is no scripture in the Bible that says you can walk on the water when you please. It's not in there. But if Jesus said come, that's revelation, right? If he told you to come, if you're on the Ohio River and you see Jesus, come, you can get out. If he doesn't say come, you better know how to swim. Right? Now, notice this. So Peter gets out, but notice verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Now, what are we supposed to walk by as believers? We walk by faith, not by sight. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith, why did you doubt? What happened to Peter? Well, here's what happened to Peter. Right in the middle of the greatest miracle he ever seen, any of us have... I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm trying to think things. There are things that were tremendous in the Bible, but this is, this is right up there with them. I mean, you talk about the parting of the Red Sea. That's powerful. But walking on the water, that's pretty tremendous. Right? I've been healed of different things. I've been healed of foot issue, different things that I've been healed of. And it's, I thank God for it. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. But, but this was pretty dramatic. Amen. And he is doing it. Amen. But it would have been a greater testimony at full gospel businessmen's meetings if he could have said, I walked out there and walked back. He said, I walked out there and I sunk. Now, of course, everybody in the boat knew what he did wrong, right? All those that didn't get out. All your relatives that don't believe anything, that tell you how to believe. No offense, but Brother Buckethead that's been divorced 75 times is going to tell you how marriage is supposed to be. Why is it so quiet? Get your, get your advice and counsel from this book, not Dunkin' Donuts. Get your coffee from there. But don't sit around with the people that don't believe anything. Don't do anything. Don't even go to the house of God and tell you how bad it is there. They're full of hypocrites. That's what they say. The church is full of hypocrites. Say, well, how do you know that? You, you don't come. Since you don't come, we don't have any. Everybody smile. <laughs> right? I, you know what I'm saying. How do you know? You don't even show up. You don't even come. Uh, there's no love there. Well, there was till you showed up. 
It's like a doctor, Dr. Barker said at a lady in his church. He said she was hard to get along with. You know what I'm talking about? An older lady, hard to get along with. You know, she's causing problems. She told Dr. Barker, she said, there's, there's no love in this church. He said, the fact we let you stay, sister, proves we walk in love. <laughs> I thought that was classic. Amen. Usually, see, we have, see th this is what Peter may have faced when he got back in the boat. You know, John said, man, I'll tell you what, you really blew it, man. Why did you look at the waves? I'm thinking, man, you didn't even get out of the boat, man. Don't tell me what to do. You didn't even get out. I got out. Yeah. Peter at least has a testimony. He walked part of the way. That's right. I haven't even done that yet. Right? So you have to understand, see, Peter's problem wasn't that, you know, the word failed him. You know, the, the storm was too big. Life's problems were too much. Circumstances were too big. You just can't win and be victorious here in the midst of this. That wasn't his problem. His problem was he switched from revelation knowledge back to sense knowledge, and sense knowledge sunk him. Because sense knowledge is meant to work in the, in, in the area where it's, where, it's, where it's meant to work at, but it doesn't doesn't cause you to be victorious in life. Sense knowledge could make you rich, but it doesn't mean you're victorious. A lot of rich people are messed up. Oh, I can preach on that. I'm telling you what, some people that today I'm just, I, I have to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I have to remember, I have to filter my mouth through uh, Ephesians, you know, 429, let no one, you know, let no unwholesome thing come out of your mouth. But that which is good, because I want to say some things. You know what I'm saying? I hear all these people bellyaching about our country that are millionaires. Does that irritate anybody else besides me? Does anybody ever have to walk in the spirit with these people? I want to just slap them, kick them, and put them on a plane and send them to North Korea. In love, of course. Because I just think, what are you talking about? I mean, you're an athlete. You're making millions of dollars. You're, you're living a lap of luxury, and you're telling me how oppressed you have it. A little hard, have a little hard time buying your story. You better get a better spokesman for that than you. You're not the one. Shut your mouth and play ball. Service is over. Praise the Lord. I didn't turn you on to watch you talk to me about your politics. I watched to see if, you, if you're any good. Throwing a football or kicking it or punching somebody. or Do something constructive. Revelation knowledge. God's word is a revelation of man. It's the knowledge that will cause you to really be victorious. And I'll tell you something else. This book right here, it'll put you over in the natural. God told Joshua, if you do this thing, if you meditate on this thing nine days, he said you will, you will have good success. Yes. You'll do wisely in life. You'll have good success. Right? Now, this book doesn't tell you about some of the sciences and things like that, but it'll cause you to put you in a position where you will walk wisely in this this world, and nothing will be hid from you. Let me close with this final story. One of the, one of the greatest businessmen of our time, he's already passed on to heaven. Some of you have read his story. I read his story uh, years ago. Uh, his name was L.G. Letourneau. 
L.G. Letourneau was a heavy equipment uh, builder. He built heavy equipment, a lot of the mining equipment, things like that. But he loved God. He listened to God. He heard from God. He told God, you bless me, I'll bless you back. I mean, I'll, I will give. I'll give. And God blessed him. He started tithing, not just off personal tithe, but off his business. He started giving God 10% of all he had personally, but 10% that his business made. Then he went to 20. Then he went to 30. Then he went to 40. He got all the way up to where he was, he was giving 90 90% of what his business made to God and living in a lap of luxury and, and opulence off 10%. He had so much business. But listen to this guy. They asked him years ago when they were, you know, when we were, uh, you know, kind of, uh, let me say it the right way, we were kind of developing Alaska, building roads and things like that. And so they asked him, said, can you build us a piece of equipment to help us build these roads in Alaska? Listen to what he said. He said, I don't know. He said, I'll have to pray about it. See, here's a man that's put God first. He's put revelation knowledge first. He said, I'll have to talk to God and hear from him. And he, uh, God gave him the idea to build something called eternal pool. How many of you guys know what a, you know, eternal pool is? Yeah. If, you, if you're from the mining areas, you've seen those. Well, they used those to build roads. Those really originally were made by Letourneau to build roads in Alaska. And he got the design from God. Now, here's what he said. He said, you know, he said, when I designed the thing, he said, uh, we had it all built and we had it out and we're getting ready to test it and the thing wouldn't work right. And he said, they looked at me like, well, you're the designer, you're the engineer. What's wrong here? You said, God told you to do it this way. Why doesn't it work? He said, I'll be back. He went and went around the other piece of the equipment, began to, the, 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 the turnip pool, he went around the other side of it, began to pray, talk to God. He said, God, what is wrong here? I, and the Lord said, well, you got one bolt. They got one bolt in the wrong place. They got a bolt in the wrong place. And he went and said, you need to move that bolt. And they did that, and the thing worked. Now, here's a man that he's chosen to live his life by revelation knowledge, and it's flowing over in the natural part. Because I'm going to tell you something now. Listen, regardless of what college students say, God knows about radar. Really, they ask college students, when, you think God knows about radar? They said, no, I don't think he knows much. He's an old man, you know, like Brother Kenny. He doesn't know anything about... Sorry, Brother Kenny. I've got to leave him alone. I'm going to get in trouble someday. Shelby said, no, don't leave him alone. How do you know God's the one that built the bat that made the bat we got radar from? They ask, they ask him, do you think God knows about computers? No, no, he's just an old man. He doesn't know about computers. Are you kidding me? He knows every thought everybody's thinking at once. Try that on your computer. Of course. So God is able, if you follow him, to give you wisdom in the natural that you need. Amen. Did you get something today? I'm telling you, there's two kinds of knowledge in this world. There's natural knowledge. There's what I call sense knowledge. You get my five physical senses. You know the stove's hot because you felt it was hot. You know peas taste bad because you tasted them. You know salad's no good because you tasted it. You know T-bone steak is great because you tasted it. Sense knowledge. Amen. And my sense knowledge is perfect about food. All right. Maybe that's a little corrupted right there. But anyway, how many understand there's two kinds of knowledge, sense knowledge, revelation knowledge. The most important thing you'll ever get in your life is revelation knowledge. So many people, even in the church, are following after sense knowledge, forgetting revelation knowledge, and their lives are failures. 
And it will be. It'll stay that way. It'll stay that way. Let, let me just say something. Look, let me, let me say this. I, I, th- this is the final closing. But if you chose to serve Jesus Christ, you better serve Jesus Christ. You stay on the fence, I'll make sure you're a flat failure. The world can get away with some things you can't get away with. Because you're more required out of you. Praise God for His Word. Let's stand up, everybody. Thank God for His Word. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.